I'll be reading from Acts chapter 16. And again, we are thankful for all of our guests that are here this morning. We just encourage you to get in and get everything that you have need of and more. Because God is in this house. He is in this house. Acts 16, beginning at verse number 16. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much again by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, not to the little girl, but to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. Would you go back to verse number 20, Brother Justin? I would to God that... Every spirit in this city would come and they would say that Bethel is troubling this city. That Bethel is causing such an uproar in this city. I'm not saying that, oh, I want the devils to it. No, I'm just saying that we know where we are and who we are and in whom we stand and the power that we have at the very, at the very fingertips that we have, that they would all know that something is happening and they're troubling every spirit. They're coming against every stronghold. I feel it in the Holy Ghost right now that we can begin to trouble some things that the devil thought he had a stronghold on for a long time. I'm telling you. Revival is coming to Arnold. Revival is not only coming. Revival is already here. The devil knows that there's something happening. The troubles, the waters are being troubled. And they're letting everyone know. All of that was for free. I just found that as I was reading. And when her master saw, verse 19, that their hope of gains was was gone, they came, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and brought them into the magistrate, saying, These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And this is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakening out of sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. For the next little bit, 
I'm going to title this message, When the Jailhouse Rocked. When the jail... I don't know what y'all are laughing about. (laughs) When the jailhouse rocked. Turn to your neighbor as you're being seated and say, The jailhouse is going to rock. You know, Brother Jack, things like that make me lose my voice and get all sweaty. Say it again. (laughs) For those of you that might not have heard, he said, bring it, Pastor. When the jailhouse rocked, and I debated whether or not I should start with some lyrics that perhaps some of you are thinking of right now, but I decided I'm not going to yet. See, some of y'all said, oh, see, you you know that it's coming. It's going to be in there at some point. So just get ready because the prison warden, well, you know, he's in here somewhere. I'm just letting you know, so you'll have to listen to know when it is. Our boys in our story so far, Paul and Silas, had recently left. They They were on a successful trip to Philippi. In Philippi, a leading... Uh, city of Macedonia and the European continent, that's where they met the woman named Lydia. History tells us Lydia was wealthy and she was an influential businesswoman. She sold articles dyed purple, a prized color made from certain mollusk. Her name appears in Scripture only twice. Both of these are in the same chapter of Acts that we just read. It is the belief that she was the first Gentile convert in Europe, the first Christian businesswoman, the first believer to open her home as a worship center for European Christians. Not only her, but Lydia and her entire household were baptized and believed. Acts 16, 14 to 15. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to, to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. You might say they were having a successful time. They had come, they were on a vision of God that God had given them of the revival that they were about to have. And, and, and so as they're on their way, they're teaching around this time and there are ladies that are surrounding them. And this one, the Lord opens her heart. And not only did they win an entire family, but it was a rich family. A rich family that said to two traveling preachers, hey, come stay with us. And I love this little tagline that they added on there. I don't know which one it was that Paul and or Silas and they're telling the story to Luke, but I love this little part that they added. And, and they said, so she persuaded us. There's something about, you know, just, you know, I haven't had a nice bed in a while maybe. And, and, and so we know that she's got a nice home. She's rich. She's a businesswoman. And, and not only that, but her whole family's just been baptized and converted. And so, you know what, she persuaded us to stay. 
It doesn't take much sometimes when you get an offer like that that you just decide, you know what, I'll just hang out here for a while. Have you ever been in one of those places that you were a guest and you only thought you were going to be there for a little bit and the owner, something just, just clicked between you and they just said, you know what, why don't you stay for a little while longer? And then all of a sudden lunch has turned into dinner and you've just stayed. And it's just a wonderful time because suddenly you're just feeling at home. I only mentioned the point about Lydia because at the moment things are going pretty good for the boys. But like any great story, there's always more to it. There's always a chapter two. There's always something that happens and they're having a wonderful time. And then the New King James reads, now it happened as we went to prayer. I love the way that the scripture just says, you know, they're having this good time. She persuaded us, but now it happened as we went to prayer. Not as they were out of the will of God, not as they were doing anything wrong. No, in fact, they were going somewhere to hear and to communicate with Almighty God. They, they weren't backslidden. They weren't, they weren't anywhere to where God was needing to get their attention. It wasn't like Jonah that God had given them a word and they decided they're going to run and go the other way. No, they had just had a baptism of an entire family. They were communicating. They were having a wonderful time and all of a sudden now they're going to prayer and this happens they are met by a little girl that is possessed of a spirit I want us to understand this morning that we do not need to be we do not we do not need to wonder why things happen to us. Sometimes we have this, this attitude about us that says that, that I don't know why this is going on. I, I'm not doing anything wrong. In fact, I'm following after what God has said. We have this attitude sometimes as Christians that the immediate action following us forgiving our, our, our repenting of our sins and being baptized and filled with the, with the gift of the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden everything should be sunshine and daffodils and daffodils dreams and everything should be wonderful everything should be great but all of a sudden when life comes our way we wonder where in the world is God I can't find that in scripture but I can find that no matter where I'm at there he is with me that no matter what I'm going through he's right there with me we need to understand that even in the darkest of night he's with us even in the lowest valley he's with us even though we're fighting all of hell he's still with us and even when he's with us I'm never alone even though I feel it I'm never alone I'm never out battled I've got more power because I have the power of almighty God living inside of me the power that says all power in heaven and earth belongs to me that's what I've got even in the middle of the night I've got his power I've got his presence. I've got the presence of an almighty God that is living on the inside of me. We find that Paul and Silas are now walking through the city. They're not having a bad time. They're having a good time. Every once in a while, we have this mentality that we say, oh, I'm walking with Jesus. I've heard people like this, and I don't know what kind of Holy Ghost they got, but it's so much stronger than what I've got, apparently. They wake up and say hello to the angels, and the angels softly sing them awake. 
It's always sunny where they are. The presence of God helps them choose which pants they're going to wear for the day. Jesus told me to wear these shoes because he knew I would need the comfort as I walked beside him. I don't have that kind of Holy Ghost. I have the kind that when I get up, I know that I have dominion and authority because I've been baptized in his name. But I still have to put on the whole armor of Almighty God because I'm about to go to warfare. My mind's going to be attacked. And so I put on the helmet of salvation. I've got the same. I've got that Holy Ghost that whenever you go out in the middle of trials and tribulations, the devil mocks. The devil makes fun. But I've also got the same kind of Holy Ghost that says I've got more power living on the inside of me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Ye are of God, little children. The same Holy Ghost that lives in me lives in you. Ye are of God. You are from him. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So no matter what is going on in your life, you are not defeated. No matter what you feel, you're not defeated. No matter what you face, you're not defeated. I don't care how dark it is, how long it's been, you're still not defeated. You've still got victory. You've still got power. You've still got anointing. You've still got a calling. You've still got the presence of Almighty God. love those people I want to ask them but I don't because I'm trying to stay saved I want to ask them where'd you get your Holy Ghost from so Paul and Silas they were not surprised in fact this went on the Bible says for many days it went on day after day Day after day as they're, see, some of us stop at the first time the devil shows up. Well, that's the last time I'm going to go to prayer on a Monday night. Devil met me in the parking lot. Devil opened the door for me as we walked out. I, I haven't heard any of that here, but I have heard people say those kind of things. Before I left the altar, the devil was waiting on me. I'm like, dear Lord. They weren't surprised. In fact, it went on. I believe personally, Paul and Silas, they would look and say, here she comes. And they put up with it for a few days until finally Paul, the Bible says, was grieved. He was annoyed. One translation or definition of the word grieved means simply that he had had all that he could handle. It went on and it went on until finally Paul just said, look, I've had enough. I've, I've let you have your fun. I've let you come in and see, we, we wonder maybe sometimes, well, why did he get mad? She was, she was proclaiming, uh, you know, the goodness of God and, and that God was there and he, he was going to bring salvation through them. You have, to, you have to watch who's singing your praises. Because, see, if somehow the enemy could tie Paul and Silas in with her, the lady that was possessed of a spirit that people would come from miles around to have their fortunes told uh, that brought a lot of money to her masters. If somehow the devil could tie all of them together, it would bring, it would bring confusion and chaos. Or 
if he could tie her to them, it would make her seem like she was more powerful because she's proclaiming about the almighty God and suddenly they're linking them two together and they're thinking, wow, there must be power. Some of us need to understand, I don't care about everybody else's opinion. All I care about is what does heaven say about me. I want heaven to be a please. I want heaven to say, that is my child. That is the one in whom I am well pleased. I want heaven to say, I'm looking down and I'm pleased with their worship. I want heaven to know. So Paul decided, look, I've had enough in the name of Jesus. Get out of her. Within the hour, it's gone. Doing what they knew to do. They were just doing what they were taught to do. See, the the disciples, there were 70 that sent out, and they were all told, you know, they got out there and they came back rejoicing. Oh, guess what? The devils are subject to us. The devil, oh, they've, they've got to pay attention to what I say. The devils are subject to us. And Jesus says, yeah, that's good. I'm glad that all of that, but rather, don't rejoice in that. Rather rejoice that your names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Somebody needs to understand this morning, we need to get excited about the right things. We need to get excited about the right things. I'm not only, I am excited that we have dominion and authority over all of the devils of this world through the name of Jesus Christ. But I'm more excited when I look and I think that one of these days, my name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life and I'm going to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that's what gives me the street to keep on walking in the middle of the darkest night. That's what gives me strength to keep doing what I do. I know where I'm going. I'm not worried about the devil. I know where he's going. But my name is written down somewhere that he can never be. He may bother me now, but there's coming a day when all of heaven is going to rejoice and I'm going to throw my crown at his feet and I'm going to worship the King of Kings. That's what I'm excited about. That's where my joy comes from. That's what I worship him for. But rather rejoice. So all they were doing was what they knew to do. I've had enough of the devil. We put up with the devil for a little bit too long. Oh, that's just my cross to be. No, it's not. It's not. It's not your cross to bear to just have the devil constantly hounding you. To have him constantly putting condemnation and shame on you. That's not your cross to bear. Oh no. Some of us need to understand that he that the Son has set free is free indeed. In him there is no darkness. I want somebody to understand all of the things of your past. They're not here anymore. He said I'll remember them no more. He said not even going to think about them. I'm just not going to remember them. That's what you need to understand. That God is with you. Stop listening. Shake that thing off. Lay aside every weight. That's a weight. And if there is some sin, lay aside the sin too. Some of us just worry about the weight and don't preach about the sin. They work together. 
Whenever you've got the sin, the weight of the condemnation just gets a little bit heavier. And all that is is a doorway for the adversary to come in. And when you feel what you feel in the house of God, when you feel what you felt this morning of the glory and the goodness of God, that's, that's just an open invitation for the adversary to come in and say, you don't deserve it. But, oh, God said, I'm not here because you deserve it. I'm here because I love you. So Paul and Silas, back to our story. They're in the middle. And they're drug into the marketplace. They go get the magistrates. What happens? Oh, all of those business owners, they make a mistake. And say, these are just Jews. And they're stirring up the trouble in the city. See, the devil, he always makes a mistake whenever he begins to come in and just point his finger at you. He always says something because he's the father of all lies. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh his own. It's like the old saying, how do you know the devil's lying? His lips are moving. Some people may have changed that to other things, but the devil's always lying. So these guys, they said, oh, these are Jews. They're troubling the city. The magistrates look, and they say, let's, they rip off their clothes. They humiliate them. They beat them. And they take them, and they throw them into prison. They hand them over to the jailer. They tell him, keep them safe. Keep them here. Keep them locked up. And so the jailer takes and puts them in the inner part of the prison. I've heard it preached that they were in the innermost part of the prison, but it doesn't matter. Prison is prison. You can be in the outermost or the innermost, and if you're in prison, you're still in prison. The jailer throws them in the inner part of the prison, thinking everything's good. I got them because not only are they in the inner part of the prison, Oh, their feet are in stocks. They've been beaten, humiliated. And now they're just sitting there. And if anybody had a reason to complain, if anybody had a reason to question, if anybody had a reason to wonder, if anybody had a reason to say, God... You sent us here. (laughs) And God says, you know what? I sure did. But if anybody had a reason to think, I don't deserve where I'm at right now. If anyone had a reason to sit there and just have a pity party for them, it was a party of two. If anybody had a reason to blame God, they were beaten, humiliated. Only a few days ago, they were at Lydia's house celebrating the baptism and the salvation and everything that God had done. They were eating good. They were having a good old time. But now it's midnight. And they're sitting in prison. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. They what? 
they prayed and sang praises at midnight in prison. They didn't get frustrated and blame God. No, at midnight. I'm not sure what part of the hour of the day that they were going to prayer, whether it was, whether it was just in the morning or noon or, or in the evening. It was a la- Whatever it was, now it had been hours since they were on their way to prayer. And they are now in the middle of a prison. And we find them in a place to where they're looking around. And instead of just going through the motions, instead of just allowing someone else to pray, instead of allowing someone else to do something around them, we find that Paul and Silas are praying. We find that they are not only praying, but they are singing praises to Almighty God. The word for prayer there, it means to exchange wishes. When I read this definition, I was like, that's, that's funny. That's to exchange wishes. But then they gladly tell you the rest of the story. Literally, this is their word, literally to interact with the Lord by switching human wishes or thoughts for His wishes or thoughts and He imparts faith to you. They're in the middle of the prison. And they are beginning to pray. And they're saying, God, I don't want to have my thoughts. I want to have your thoughts. I don't want my thoughts anymore. I want your thoughts. And Jeremiah tells us, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. That expected end means accord. It's accord of hope. God said, I have thoughts towards you that I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you a way out of this. And so Some of us in the middle of our prison right now, we need to start saying, God, I want your thoughts, not mine. I want you to exchange your wishes for my wishes. I want to hear what you've got to say. I want you to give me hope. I want you to give me peace. I want you to give me a way out. We've sat around, we've had our own wishes, we've had our own thoughts, we've had our own things that are going on, and we've let them completely control us to the place that we don't feel that we even want to go to the house of God anymore. We've got everything that's going on. They've done this, they've said that, this has happened, that has happened, and now I'm in prison, and my thoughts say, I can do this on my own. I don't need the house of God. I don't need the body. But the Spirit is saying, you need the body, because the body is going to help you get out of where you are. The body is going to help you get from where you are to where I want you to be. I want to get some thoughts in you. I want to throw you a cord of hope, the same cord that they gave whenever they were coming into the walls of Jericho. They said, Rahab, put this in your window and you'll be saved. Somebody in the middle of destruction, God is giving you a cord of hope. And so they're praying. Now, as I was thinking about this, I decided that the warden wasn't throwing a party. There wasn't a band. And the joint didn't begin to swing. Told you it was coming. But what did happen is I I, I kind of think that maybe Paul was the one that was praying. If you'll allow me, just... Go into my imagination and don't get scared. But Paul's over there praying, God, I want your thoughts to be my thoughts. Let your thoughts be my thoughts. God, show me some hope. 
I want hope. And all of a sudden, Silas is over there and he's joining them and they're in prayer together. And suddenly Silas says, oh, that must be a God thought because I, I, I wouldn't think about it, but I'm going to start singing. Paul, you keep praying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep, I'm going to start singing. And all of a sudden he maybe kind of leans back, clears his throat and says, once like a bird in. There you go. Prison I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But Jesus came and he listened to me in glory to God. He set me free. And all of a sudden, Paul's over there as he's praying. He starts tapping his finger. And he starts going, oh, I see what you're doing, Silas. I feel something moving in this house. And suddenly, Paul joins in and says, he set me free. Yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see glory to God. He set me free. And there may not have been a shaking, but there was an earthquake that started moving in the house. Somebody needs to understand, if you'll praise him in the middle of your prison, there will be a jailhouse rock. No matter what's holding you, no matter what's stopping you, you need to start worshiping. You need to start praising. Let the earthquake come. Let the jailhouse rock. Let it shake. Let it loose. Let his presence fill the house. Come on, somebody clap your hands to the name of the Lord. Come on, come on, worship him for a moment. There wasn't a prison band and they didn't begin to wail but there was two preachers that said oh this is nothing because God's already given me a vision of where I'm going and where I'm going has nothing to do with this prison I'm just going to go ahead and praise him even in the middle of the darkness even in the middle of the pain somebody needs to understand that what he spoke to you has nothing to do with what the devil's trying to tell you because God's word will not return void he will heal you he will restore you he will deliver you you need to worship him anyway because you've got a word you've got a promise they're coming home they're going to be saved they're going to be restored you need to praise him in fact you need to do it in advance I'm not even free yet but I'm praying and I'm singing praise They prayed so loud and they sang so loud that the other prisoners 
heard them. There's somebody that's sitting beside you this morning that they are bound and they are in the same prison of their mind as you are. And if you'll decide, I'm going to worship him no matter what, you got to understand that there's a revival waiting on them because God is waiting on you. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's a co-worker. Maybe it's the city of Arnold that's waiting on Bethel to say, I'm going to wreck. I'm going to rock this jailhouse I'm going to praise him I'm going to praise him I'm going to magnify him all the prisoners bands were loosed the devil thinks he's had a problem wait until we wake up wait until we pray wait until we create the earthquake of power that's come Those fellows, they said, oh, they're troubling this city. I want somebody to understand the devil thought we were a problem before. He better get ready. He's got to run for the hills. He better run. He better run. He better run. Because I've awakened something in the spirit that's letting me know greater is he. Greater is he. Greater is he. Revival is for you. Revival is for me. Power, anointing, glory. It's going to flow. Lift your hands all across this house right now. Come on, lift them. Lift them right now. It's been a while. I've got more to preach, but I feel this in the Holy Ghost. It has been a while since some of you have tapped in to the place that you're able to pray in the Spirit, that you're able to pray in tongues. There is a restoration that is waiting to happen for you this morning. There is a power that is waiting to flow, not all over you, but all through you. And when it begins to flow, there is an earthquake that's about to happen and a revival that's coming to your home, a revival that's coming to your, ha to your house to your neighborhood a revival a revival but you have got to surrender and say oh I may be in jail but blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be the name of the Lord I feel a shaking Oh, I know there's an old song that says there was a whole lot of shaking going on. But oh, I feel something shaking. And it's not just in the physical world. I hear some chains rattling in the spiritual realm. I hear freedom. I hear power. I hear restoration. I feel something moving. Can we all stand? I'm going to close. I'm, I'm skipping everything else. Brother Justin, I've got three pictures. If you'll stay with me for those three pictures. I'm going to let you in on a little secret about me and my wife. We have been to prison. I didn't tell Brother Trammell. I was worried about what might would happen at the vote. 
don't worry. Brother Justin, would you show the prison we were at? Jefferson City State Pen. That's right, we were in the big house. <laughs> Friends of ours, Kansas City. She's in the healthcare field. Works with children. He's a chaplain. And they are strange people. Not just because they're friends with us. <laughs> but Terry called me. That's the husband, Terry. He called me. He said, Greg, you want to go to prison? <laughs> I said, well, what do we got to do? <laughs> he said, if you'll meet me, you and Kim meet up with me and Wendy. We'll drive down to Jefferson City. Wendy's already called, and this is how much we had to pay to get into that place. Nobody wants to pay to go to prison. We pay. Brother Justin, the next picture. And we get inside there, and we go to the different, different places. And that place has been closed for years. But there's still such an oppression that's there. You could feel just the heaviness of this place. We went to the gas chamber. And they said, do you want to sit in the chair? And I'm like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> then they're trying to be all like, there's nothing attached to it. You're good. No, I'm still good. <laughs> and then they bring us back in. And they say, you've got 20 minutes. You can explore. And I'm like, I would like to explore a restaurant. <laughs> but Terry and Wendy, I love them so much. <laughs> they said, let's take some pictures. And I tried to find them, but I couldn't. But we got behind the bars. And it was dark. It took them of us together and then Terry and Wendy together. Brother Justin, this is my last picture. And you can just leave this one up there. That's the prison cell. It's small. There's no light except for what comes in from the outside. It's dark. It's damp. It's meant to destroy you from the mind down. Because if they can defeat your mind, <clears throat> excuse me, if they can defeat your mind, you will just live out your days in defeat in prison. There were people that had written, you can see it on there, I took pictures too of when I was there. They had written, so-and-so was here, so-and-so was there, and a date and a time. But as I began to think about this message this morning, I was brought back to Jefferson City and I thought of that little cell and the loneliness and I couldn't help but feel there would be people here this morning that the adversary has been waging a war against your mind and you are at the place right now that you're just about to accept it's easier if I don't fight. It's easier if I just comply. 
they would get into the routine. They knew that this is what time, and they told us the schedule. This is what time they would awaken. This is where they would go to eat. And all of, and you just get used to the schedule. And you walk in line with everybody else. You don't disturb anything. You just go through the motions. Because if I'm quiet, if I just comply, I won't have to fight. It's easier this way. And you've been living in defeat. And you've almost forgotten what it's like to be free. You've almost forgotten what it's like to feel his presence. Because you've just said, I don't deserve his presence. But this morning I have come with a word from the king. And that word is simply freedom. It is simply a pardon for all of your sins. It is simply deliverance for everything that has held you back. It is simply freedom from all of the bondage that has wrapped itself around your mind. That has come and has weighed you down. I have it. It's right here. And if somebody will just begin to respond to him and say, God, I'm going to pray. I want my wish to be your wish. God, take all of these thoughts out of my mind. Create in me a right spirit, oh God. Renew within me, God. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. God, I want you to restore my mind. I want you to restore my mind. God, think those thoughts towards me that are of good, that are of hope. God, I want your thoughts to be my thoughts. And oh... When you begin to pray, there's going to be a thought in your mind that just simply you're going to say, that sounds crazy. But if you'll understand, it's not crazy. It's the Holy Ghost that's still saying, whosoever will, let him come. Whosoever will, let him come. Whosoever will, let him come. It's saying, cast your cares on me because I care for you. And it's saying, if you'll just begin to praise me a little bit, if you'll just begin to magnify me a little bit, it may just be a wiggle of a finger or a shaking of a foot. But there's something that begins to happen when we begin to magnify him. Come on, all across this house, lift your hands right now. Freedom is yours. I know you have been hurt. And I know you don't understand, but I'm telling you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is here to bind up every wound. He is here to create an atmosphere of healing. He is here to bring restoration. He is here to bring salvation to your house. He is here for whatever you have need of. And once they found out who Paul and Silas were, they said, oh, we want you to just kind of go quietly. And Paul says, oh, no, son. 
you beat us, you humiliated us in public, and you're about to try to get us to just go out of the city. Oh, no, I want you to get all of those that brought us in here. I want to walk out, and my accusers know that I'm walking out free because not only have I done nothing wrong, but I'm a royal citizen. I'm a citizen, and I have privilege, and my citizenship is not here, but it's there. And that's why I say rejoice not that the devils are subject to you, but your name has been written. My name has been written. Don't go quietly into the night. Proclaim it. Declare it. I am free. Come on, somebody, declare it. Declare it. I am free. I am free. I am free. I'm going to open this front for anybody that just says I'm tired of status quo and I'm ready for the jailhouse to rock oh pastor you're crazy oh I'm crazy about Jesus I believe every word that has written I believe that it will not return void and I believe that when I begin to magnify him when I begin to glorify him when I begin to lift him up all of a sudden there's a there's a presence of his spirit that begins to show up it begins to move around me and then I begin to worship and it begins to flow inside of me oh I believe it is there anybody that says I'm tired of being bound I'm tired of being filled with depression and fear and anxiety I'm tired of the hurt I'm tired of the pain Jesus, I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free. God, I'm going to worship you until I feel that jailhouse rock, until I feel it shake, until I hear it rattle, until I feel it roll. God, I want to feel you. There was a spirit of depression that has fought those that are in this house this morning. you're asking yourself why did you allow this to happen can I give you a little insight of maybe why it has to happen see Paul and Silas they met Lydia on the outside of the jail it's her fault they're in jail they were on they were on a trip somewhere else Macedonia I believe it was and she said hey hang out for a little while and they said Okay, because she persuaded them to stay. Now they're in prison. Do you know who it was that met them on their way out and they went to someone's house? Oh, it was Lydia. The same one that God brought salvation to her house, Cameron, is the same one that brought restoration to their body. But not only that, in the jailhouse, all the prisoners were loose, but they stayed. And the jailer said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my own life. And Paul says, no, you're not. We're all here. Don't worry. And you know what happened to his house? The same thing that happened to Lydia's house. So whenever they're saying, God, why'd you allow this to happen? And he says, because there's a jailer. 
Because there's a jailer. Not only the jailer, but he's got a family. He's got a family. You're wondering why, and God's saying, because there's a jailer. And God's saying, don't worry about what you're going through right now. I've already prepared a Lydia. Lydia's going to be waiting on you when you get out. The body's going to be there to restore you. The body's going to be there to lift you up. The body's going to be there to encourage you. Because the Bible says that they went to the house of Lydia. And they saw the brethren. And they encouraged them. And then they went on their way. God said, I've already got a Lydia in place to encourage you. After you've brought salvation to the house. That's why the jailhouse has to rock. Because it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. God said, I've already went before you and made the crooked places straight. The psalmist, we've already, we've already talked about it. I don't have to rehash it. But he says, Thou preparest a table before me. And it's talking about a place to where the sheep can be fed. And he goes through and he removes everything that would hurt them, that would hinder them or harm them. The shepherd goes and he makes sure that it's safe. The shepherd said, I've prepared a table. But you're going to have to go through the valley in the shadow of death to get there. But I'm going to be the lily of the valley and the bride and morning star. I wish that you would lift your hands right now. a heaviness of his presence here he wants to set you free you've carried this too long I know I know every time you walk into the church house you're like Paul and Silas every time they would move in those fetters every time they would move they would feel the pain of the beating on their backs they would feel the stocks they would feel it every time they moved. And every time that you walk into the house of God, you're reminded that I was wounded in the house of my friends. But God said, oh, I've got a salve for you. I've got a healing virtue for you. And all of those things that you thought were reminding you to hold you captive no they are there simply so that you can share it with someone else and say do yourself no harm we're all here 
I've been where you are, brother. I've been where you are, sister. Do yourself no harm. There's hope where you are. And again, I open this altar. And I ask all that would to come. And we're going to pray. And God is going to do a work in your life. Maybe you're not in a place. But this is what I've I found to be true. You're either in a trial, coming out of a trial, or about to go in a trial. So you may be on your way out, and you're on the mountain, and you're shouting and dancing. But there's somebody else behind you that's still in the valley that needs to hear your words of encouragement. And there's someone else in front of you that's walking into it that you're able to say, I've been where you are, brother. You can make it. Keep walking. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, Bethel. Cry out to him. Cry out to him. Kim was in my office before service. She said, there's such a hush in this house. I just want his presence to move. It's still here. Oh, he's still here. You've been in that cell long enough. It's time for an address change. I'm not saying you have to forget it because it's about to become a testimony of this is where I was. But this is where God has me now. I've been praying for my children for years. This is where they were. And look at where they are right now. We prayed and sang praises. And the other prisoners hear it. They hear it. Let your brother hear you. Let your sister hear you. Let those that are around you hear you. Cry out to him. Cry out to him. God, right now I come against every spirit of heaviness. I come against it in the name of Jesus Christ. I take dominion and authority over every spirit that has brought pain. Over every spirit that has brought hurt. God, everything that has tried to bring division. God, everything that tries to weigh us down. I come against it in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I bind it and I cast it out. I remove it from every life. I remove it from every mind. I remove it in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, in its place, I ask that you would lose liberty and joy in the Holy Ghost. I ask that you would lose healing. I ask that you would lose virtue to flow. I ask right now that freedom and power in the Holy Ghost would move. Restore us the joy of our salvation. God, restore unto us. God, what the canker worm has tried to destroy, God, restore it. Restore it. Restore it.
devil. We got every sickness and disease. I come against it in Jesus' name. You are able. You are able. And by your stripes, Almighty God, we are healed. God, I curse cancers. I curse disease. I curse diabetes. I curse it in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your power flow. Condemnation has to go. Fear has to go. I lose them in Jesus' name.